0: Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artisan food makers, farmers, authors, and tastemakers who are passionate about
1: everything delicious. A very good weekend to you, food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. I hope that you are healthy and well and adapting to the new normal. And I hope that this show every week brings you a sense of calm, some hope and maybe some coping along with fabulous food and delicious dishes. I want you to know that I will continue to bring you new content weekly so as to hopefully inspire you, bring a really, truly fabulous flavor to your table and to give you some hope and uh, nurture your resilience I will say that uh, this new normal is not easy to adapt to, of course, but cooking is coping, as I have said in weeks past, and I hope you are cooking up a storm. For those of you that have endured and continue to endure challenges and some tragedies and uh, the daily grind of what we are all going through, please know that I am here for you and that I have had the privilege of 17 years on the radio, and it continues. Continues to connect you with my comrades, with celebrity chefs and cookbook authors, with uh, great culinary enthusiasts, wine geeks, beer experts, and more. And it is with great joy and pleasure that I share this weekly radio show with you, and I hope it inspires you. I do hope that you're visiting chefjamie.com for lots of delicious inspiration and that you are following on social at Chef Jamie Gwen. I am Doing two live cook alongs and chats every week on Facebook and Instagram. And I would love to cook with you, of course. I also have a new Lean and Clean electronic cookbook that uh, recently released. And I don't know about you, but for the first four weeks or so of this quarantine, I have been eating shamelessly. And so I'm trying to eat better and in moderation, a little bit leaner and cleaner. And I'd love to know what you think of the cookbook. Check it out at chefjamie.kitchen. With that said, because the culinary landscape is ever evolving, I hope you don't miss a weekend of delicious conversation with me. You can always find shows you might have missed and in podcast form on iTunes under Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen, and we can always dish directly. So please feel free to email me at any time. It's jamie, J-A-M-I-E at chefjamie.com. While I like to usually kick off the show with a tutorial or a technique of sorts to make you the best cook you know, I'd like to just take a moment to thank you for so many years of wonderful listenership. And to say that over the years, I have made friends and connections with so many great Food lovers, I really, truly appreciate connecting with all of you. It has been a great blessing for me to be able to share uh, my life and my passion on the radio and television for so long now. Before I dig into pizza at home, which I hope you've been eating a lot of, and I have a couple of tips to share with you on, uh, I would like to share a personal note I did go public on social this past week, and I wanted to share this news with all of you, my loyal radio listeners. I do have a TV segment coming up as well where I can't wait to share, but it is with tremendous joy that I share life-changing news. And I waited uh, because of the state of the world and because of the challenges that so many are enduring, but I can't wait any longer. I am celebrating a beautiful blessing with you Because my son, his name is Jagger, was born on March 2nd, and I arrived home with him the day before we quarantined. And I witnessed the miracle of his birth, and I am immensely grateful for the beauty of adoption. I have always wanted children. I feel very blessed, rather, to embark on this glorious journey as a mommy, and I am so proud to share it with you. Uh, He is um, six weeks old now. He was eight pounds, 15 ounces, and 21 inches at birth. He is very happy and very healthy and a very good eater. And I have received an outpouring of love uh, that has come his way during this unprecedented time since I did make my news public. So I'm delighted to share it with you here on the radio. Uh, I'm happy to share my story of adoption. Uh, Being a mom is the best thing I've ever done and I am really excited for the journey. I hope that you'll lend your best advice and insight along the way as well. Email me if you have the best baby food recipe. I wanna hear about it because you're gonna hear more about kids that cook on the radio in the coming days and weeks and months and years, no doubt. Uh, But uh, I will say celebrating the beauty of life and love has been extraordinary. And so I'm grateful to be able to celebrate with you. Now, on with the show. Back to pizza. Pizza has been a regular visitor in my house of late. Uh, It doesn't usually come from a delivery person, although there is a local pizzeria where I live that I love. And if the night gets late, well, then uh, delivery is delicious. But making homemade pizza from from scratch dough is really a pretty quick and easy dinner. And I find something very comforting and wonderful about it, right? Who doesn't love pizza? And then cold pizza day after almost even better, but I thought that I would pile on the toppings and share my best tips for awesome pizza at home so that you could chow down in true pizza style. So, I say, make your own pizza dough, please. Although you can buy pretty decent pizza dough from your grocery store, or even uh, you can buy a ball of dough from your local pizzeria, you can easily mix up a batch at home for pennies. And I have a recipe to share. It's tried and true and tested, and I think it's absolutely fabulous. I'll tell you why, uh, to be a bit humble, with all humility. You can use the dough three ways. You can use it right away. It makes thin crust pizza. You can clean out the mixing bowl and, uh, you sort of film the dough with a little bit of oil. You transfer it to a bowl and you cover it with plastic wrap and you let it rise for an hour and you will get a thick, fabulous crust like Chicago style pizza. And option number three, you cover the bowl and you store it in the fridge. And this pizza dough recipe lasts for three days. So I make a double batch of dough and I keep it on hand whenever the craving arises. This pizza dough is the bonus recipe of the week. So email me, jamie, J-A-M-I-E, at chefjamie.com and I will send it to you. It is a food processor dough that comes together so simply. You need a package of active dry yeast, some sugar, warm water, all-purpose flour, salt, and good quality olive oil. And then... I like to keep the sauce and the toppings simple. When it comes to red sauce, I make a roasted tomato sauce in the oven. I've been touting of late and I keep it in mason jars in the fridge. Uh, I'll usually top my pizza with red sauce or even pink. I'll reduce some cream, heavy whipping cream down and add the red sauce. I happen to love the richness that it imparts. If I have pesto on hand, definitely ricotta cheese in dollops. Those are pretty standard toppings for me. And then during this time when we're using it up, pizza is a beautiful canvas for leftover sauteed veggies or that last piece of sausage you didn't finish from breakfast. All cooked ahead of time or even fresh ingredients like uh, some basil or arugula on the pizza uh, right when it comes out of the oven, especially. All really bring bright, bursting flavor. But homemade dough is where it's at. And I will send you my three-in-one, I call it, because it does just about everything, pizza dough recipe. Once again, please email me, jamie at chefjamie.com. You want to stay tuned, of course, because there's lots more... (laughs) Interesting and delightfully fabulous culinary conversation coming up in your radio. He's cooking scrappy once again. He's my friend Joel Gamaran, and I am so thrilled he's back. You know him from his hit TV show, Scraps, and he's going to make use of what you might be throwing away. He's a fabulous cook. Also coming up this hour, we are going to dish, yes, on The Art of Smoking, because the champion pitmaster Joe Pinnell is here, and if you don't have a pellet grill or have aspired to one, or you really want to dig deep into the one you have and get to know it, well, we're going to tell you all about it. Before the end of the hour, we're talking about the beauty of magnesium. And so, yes, I hope to feed your soul. Don't touch your dial. There's lots more delicious conversation coming up in your radio. You won't want to miss it. Delivering the world of food directly to your radio. Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen. Here, this is a place for people who love to eat. I am so delighted to welcome back a friend and a tremendous talent, Joel Gamoran, is the national chef for Sur La and the gregarious host of A and E's hit series Scraps, which finished its second season. The third season in production soon. What I love about Joel is that his tremendous passion is evident in his dishes, and you would never know that he is all about wasting less and eating more because he cooks scrappy. With whimsy and tremendous talent, Joel addresses the serious issue of food waste, all while creating glorious dishes that will satisfy your palate. And he's back to dish on spring and how you can better the planet and love what you eat. And I am very happy you are here. Hi, Chef. I am
2: so thrilled <laughs> to be here. I have chills from that introduction. You are too good at what you do. No.
1: Thank you. That is a well deserved <laughs> introduction. Um, you are a food waste crusader with an ever blooming, growing, beautiful career in food. And I think we should first address the issue of food waste because you are really championing it and you believe it can be overcome through cooking. And I love that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I don't think people realize that, you know, in America we have a monster, huge problem. You know, um, almost half the food that we produce and that we bring home Uh, goes into the garbage without us Mm -hmm. even thinking about it. You know, it's like going to the grocery store and picking up two bags of groceries and just throwing one on the ground and not picking it up. Hmm. So we have a huge problem of waste in this country. And meanwhile, you know, one out of eight Americans go to bed kind of not knowing where the next meal comes from. So... It's a disconnect. We're wasting all this food and people are starving. And so, yeah, you can call it a crusader, but it feels kind of just logical from my
1: point. I think you've made it logical, I have to say, because we've watched you prove that what we are throwing away is a really irresponsible gesture. And in doing so, what you've done is inspired The ideas and the mindset and the consciousness and the principles to make great food from what is often very little. So um, I love the book. Congratulations. It's still a a hit bestseller, Cooking Scrappy. Um, And I think every great cook, novice or connoisseur alike, should have it in their collection as a daily inspiration. Because if we all don't do our part, which you've proven, um, then the epidemic gets worse. There's no doubt, right? Um, So if we could play a little game. Um, because okay. it is an, an an inspiring way to motivate. Um, and just for the record, everyone should know across the country listening that you and I did not speak in advance. Although no. we're friends and I love to talk to you, but I did not give you forewarning on this. I yeah, thought no forewarning. no forewarning at all. I'm putting you on the spot. I'll give you an ingredient and you can share your genius ideas for total utilization
2: okay just for the record when I go on like book tour and I do live events we call this stump the scrap and I always (laughs) ask the crowd to do this with me so I just want to let you know I'm I'm pretty ready for this yeah no I know
1: you're good at this I know okay (laughs) Um, stump the scrap here it is I'll make the first one easy Because you made this glorious salad that you shared on social media that looks so luscious, and I made the citrus salad, but we'll start there. Oranges, total utilization, go.
2: The actual outside of the oranges, there's a couple things. One is when you squeeze an orange for the juice, and you're left with kind of um, the actual rind and kind of the leftover pit of the orange, you can actually preserve those and salt them, put them in a jar. And then just cut off the rind a couple of weeks later and then chop that up. It's almost like an olive preserved lemon piece. I love it. Preserved oranges are amazing in tagines, incredible tossed in things like couscous or pastas.
1: Nice. So I absolutely
2: love that. Um, As far as the whole orange goes, you can absolutely make a marmalade. I have a marmalade for a grapefruit rind Mm. um, that you can do with orange rinds. Um, and once the squeeze oranges are you know at that point you chop them up, you add a ton of sugar, you cook them down and it becomes this jammy kind of candy, amazing kind of slather that can go on a buttered piece of toast or oh, you know even rubbed over some duck for something a little savory.
1: I love the way you cook. Let's pause for a second. <laughs> uh, this is very genius cooking to me. Do you have a, do you have a compost, not a compost bin per se, but do you store the scraps? I guess is the better question. And then you take next Sunday, let's say, to make marmalade. Give us a a couple of tips as we continue with the uh, stump the scrap game as to, you're not, you're not totally utilizing it on a Thursday night before dinner per se.
2: No. So let's say I was making a pork chop and it called for some orange juice. Right. So I squeezed the oranges and then I'm left with those orange rinds. I am not in the moment. I have friends coming over. I'm trying to cook some pork chops. I don't want to deal with those orange rinds at all. So, um, you know, things like orange rinds, they're not going to go bad in the fridge. You'll have a couple of weeks to kind of play with them. So I put them in a little scrap bowl. I leave them separate from my other scraps by dividing them up with a little either plastic um, bench scraper, like almost as a divider. And then when you open up the fridge, there's like these little projects that um, whenever I don't really know what to cook or when I have an empty Sunday afternoon, I can go to that project and kind of whip it up. So yesterday I took over, have you heard of Imperfect Produce, Chef Jamie?
1: No, can you tell me about it, please?
2: Yes, it's this CSA box and they deliver to almost every state now. They're growing like wildfire and they take all the produce that gets rejected from grocery stores and they make a box out of it called Imperfect Produce and they get rejected because of their size or because they're bruised, or because it's surplus, lots of different reasons. Okay. And um, and it's incredible. And so I took over their Instagram yesterday doing this exact thing, taking their followers
1: <gasps> how cool. through my
2: fridge on how I kind of plan it out.
1: That's brilliant. Yeah. Okay. This is really about a method to the madness. It's about planning. Joel Gameron is a tremendous advocate, a truly talented chef, a visionary. And he's proving... That through his glorious dishes, you can showcase the infinite flavor and the possibility of ingredients that would otherwise go to waste. And there is so much to learn from him. So please watch Scraps, the TV show on A&E, which you can watch the first and second season, third season in production soon. You should follow him at Joel Gamoran, and you should check out his cookbook, Cooking Scrappy, because I believe that every great cook should have Cooking Scrappy in their our collection. It will make you a better cook. It will make you a responsible advocate. Uh, it will save the planet. And in so many ways, I truly believe it is really all of our responsibilities to do our part. Joel is leading the way. So follow his culinary adventures at Joel Gamoran, and stay tuned here because I will beg him to come back on again. Joel, you know you have to come back again soon.
2: you never have to beg, ever. <laughs> I will <laughs> thank come you. I will come crawling, knocking on your
1: door before you beg. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you as always for sharing your passion. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Okay. Thank you, you too. It is good to have... Great culinary thinkers and chef friends in high places, and you heard it here. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio, there's lots more fabulous food from scraps right after this. It up because we are about to grill great things, Chef Jamie Gwen, in your radio. There's nothing like the aroma of wood smoke wafting from your grill, and we're nearing barbecue season because spring is here. So we're gearing up for grand grilling. If the pastime is more of an obsession for you, well, then this is your conversation. Joe Pinnell, the official pitmaster and product tester for Twin Eagles Grills, which is my barbecue of choice. So you're going to learn to be a master griller right here and right now. Grab your pellets and listen up because we're smoking today with Joe, a Kansas City Barbecue so- Society certified barbecue judge and a medal winning competitor on the barbecue circuit. I'm glad to have you back. Hi, Joe. Hi, Jamie. <laughs> so this conversation is all about the art of smoking and technology is Definitely bettering us. And you have a new favorite toy, which gives me a little bit of grill envy. I want you to know because the Twin Eagles wood-fired pellet grill, complete with touchscreen and Wi-Fi, so cool, uh, is now available. And we just have to dish on it. So uh, tell us about your new baby.
3: The, the Twin Eagles new wood-fired pellet smoker and grill and oven um, it, it's 36 inches overall in width, and there's four different styles of cooking on this grill. You can smoke, smoke plus, sear, or charcoal. Now, smoke is the traditional style of pellet smokers out there. Smoke plus is unlike any one of our competitors because we're able to slow down the speed of our fan and add more wood pellets, creating more smoke during the cooking process. Hmm. Now, what a lot of pellet smokers don't have is a sear section. And our sear section can get over 1,000 degrees for searing steaks or seared ahi or searing off vegetables.
1: Yeah, that's like my, my infrared that I love on my barbecue.
3: Correct. It, it gets just as hot as that, if not hotter. It's crazy great. Um, As well as a charcoal feature. We have a charcoal basket that you can insert, and that takes one-third of the grill, and you're able to cook or rotisserie cook right over live coals.
1: Yeah, this is really technology at its best and a lot of years in the making. I'd like to take a step back for a second. How does a pellet grill work? Because if you are a grill master, we know that the pellet grill has been gaining uh, speed and growing in popularity over the past, you know, however many years, right? This is really what proves you as a a master. And there are lots of pellet grills. I don't quite know. I know what sets Twin Eagles apart, but I'd like to understand how the pellet grill works from the inside out.
3: How a pellet smoker works, there's, you you pour pellets into this thing called a hopper. Mm -hmm. And our particular hopper is 13 pounds. And what happens, uh, these pellets feed through an auger, and go on to a burn pot, is what it's called. Now, this this burn pot, there's an electric igniter that then turns on and catches the wood pellets on fire. As soon as the pellets catch on fire, the igniter then shuts off, and a fan kicks on, stoking the fire. Got it. So it's all controlled by a computer at that point. So the heat source is from wood, not from electricity. The fan is what controls that heat source. And that's why you're able to use pellet grills in competition barbecue.
1: Right now, they
3: use electric or gas.
1: There is some controversy, or has been in the past, about a pellet grill not giving the same amount of smoke that a wood smoker would. Isn't that true? I know from my conversations with you that you know there are some grill masters that will say there you know there's no comparison.
3: That that's correct, and, and you'll hear that a lot in uh, the, the grill industry that that charcoal and wood give off a much stronger campfire type type flavor than a pellet grill would. And, and you know what, they're hundred percent correct. A pellet grill is going to give you a, a sweeter, more delicate smoke, uh, which I prefer
1: Me uh, too. versus
3: more of a campfire. Yes. So, you know, for, for instance, if I, if I cook at home, I, I'm barbecuing five nights a week in my house. <laughs> and if no. I cook on a charcoal grill, five nights in a row, my wife has had enough. She said, no more smoky food. But if I cook on a Pellic grill, she's always asking for more because it's a sweeter, like I said, more delicate tasting smoke. Um, but, you know, Twin Eagles, what we've done to create um, more of that smoky flavor is by adding that smoke plus feature that a lot of people are intrigued about.
1: Right. And that's where, that's that fan mechanism and a lot of years in the making and Dante's genius, right, where you can slow it down and the the smoke permeates better, on a Twin Eagles pellet grill than a a, a traditional competitor's pellet grill. So therefore you simulate the benefits of a wood smoker. Now, wood is everything. And even on my Twin Eagles grill, uh, you know, you could call it a hack. Um, I use my smoking box, but I've been known and I'm very proud to tell you, I'll take an aluminum pie pan, poke holes, soak wood chips, throw it right on the grates. I'll make an aluminum foil packet, of chips. I mean, I love that wood smoke flavor and it comes in lots mm-hmm. of forms. You can use chips and chunks and logs and pellets. Can you get pellets in the same flavor profiles as oh, yes. I would wood?
3: A- absolutely. Yes. They make they make wood pellets even with rosemary mixed in and garlic and
1: Ooh. all kinds of
3: flavors. One of my new ones I'm, I'm messing around with, it's called uh, charred hickory. So it's 50% charcoal, 50% hickory mixed together into a wood pellet, and it gives you a much deeper color to your food and a, a, a stronger smoke ring and a stronger, smokier flavor.
1: Oh, that's very cool. Okay, sp- speaking of that smoke ring, uh, let's talk about it. The much sought after makes you a culinary hero. Can you get a smoke ring on a pellet grill, specifically the new Twin Eagles pellet grill? Uh, uh-
0: Absolutely,
3: you can. Um, You know, and and that's one thing uh, that pellet grills are very good at doing, is -hmm. getting you that sought-after smoke ring.
1: Interesting. And the method of smoking is low and slow, but can you cook hot and fast on a pellet grill? Absolutely.
3: And and this is something that's really neat about the, the Twin Eagles pellet grill. It gets as low as 140 degrees, which is the lowest in the industry, all the way up to 725 degrees, which is the highest in the industry, indirectly. So you can cold smoke cheeses to salmon to burn whatever you want at that 725.
1: Okay, so let's make everybody hungry because you just made me hungry. When you say that low temperature, I think uh, beef jerky. That is the first Mm -hmm. thing that comes to mind. I want to dehydrate. Yes. Uh, I want to smoke cheese, and I want to smoke salt, and I want to smoke the olives for my Bloody Mary. Yes. Yes. Okay, so what else are you smoking lately? (laughs)
3: <laughs> uh, something I've been uh, doing a lot lately I, I do a lot of cooking demonstrations and events yes. uh, It's my grandmother's smoked mac and cheese <gasps> From New York It's kind of been passed down from generation to generation Also uh, pork belly uh, Where I buy a 10 yes. pound slab of pork belly I smoke it at a I do, about a, hot, I do a hot fat So I'm cooking at about 350 okay. For approximately about 3 hours Until I get that internal temperature at about 190 and then I cube it, and then I, I throw all those, those pork belly cubes into an aluminum pan, and I add barbecue sauce and butter and brown sugar, and I mix it all together, and then I put it back in the smoker for about an hour,
1: yeah. and it's
3: called pork belly burnt ends or you yes.
1: know, pork
3: candy cubes.
1: Yeah, it sounds you like, like, to call it. I'd like I'd like you to call me when you're making it again. It's, it is pork candy. I, th- I think your wife lost my number. Because I didn't get my phone call for dinner. Uh, I I think the technology that is so brilliant is really a proof that the beauty of the food world continues to elevate. I cannot wait uh, to have the opportunity to play with a Twin Eagles wood-fired pellet grill and get my hands on one. Um, And I will just... um, you know, mope in envy, with envy uh, over here for your pork candy uh, while you <laughs> continue to master this pellet grill. Uh, it is clever and easy and delivers boundless flavor. You heard it from Joe Pinnell, the official pitmaster for Twin Eagles Grills. And you have been schooled on the beauty of a pellet grill. Twin Eagles new pellet smoker offers innovation, inspiration on fire. So check it out. Twin Eagles is my barbecue of choice. I really don't believe there's a better barbecue on the market. Um, it's the performance of my grill that I love. And Joe, I always tout this. Twin Eagles grills are made in the USA and I love that too. I really do. To learn more about the complete line of Twin Eagles outdoor kitchen equipment, you can locate a showroom at TwinEaglesGrills.com and then you too can hope for a dinner invitation to Joe Pinnell's house. Uh, where he you're all is welcome. well, thank you. Smoking <laughs> up a storm, Joe. Thank you for the insight and the lesson. Truly appreciate it. I hope you'll come back soon welcome. and um, tell us what else you are grilling and the newest innovations and all the good things you've added to the Wi-Fi capabilities of the uh, of the new Twin Eagles wood fired pellet grill. That was really a great learning for me, and I know for everyone listening. So thank you. You're
3: very welcome. Appreciate
1: Jake. it. Talk to you soon as the delicious conversation continues celebrating the season oh with all things delicious stay tuned there's lots more fabulous food in your radio right after this Formative, educational, and delicious information abounds on this show. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. OMG, literally, often called the miracle macro mineral, magnesium has been credited with healing everything from headaches to insomnia to depression and even heart disease. And Gretchen Litaker is a huge fan and advocate. She is. A scientist, a journalist, with a master's in physiology and biophysics, a concentration in alternative medicine, and has worked on the academic and clinical side of integrative medicine for years. Her newest book release is entitled Magnesium, Everyday Secrets, and she is here to share her natural medicine insight and her love for magnesium, everything. And I'm glad to have you, Gretchen. Hi. Hi.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: (laughs) Yes, of course. I read your book, Cover to Cover. I loved it. Uh, There were so many things... I realize I didn't know. So if you would um, give us the Reader's Digest version, but share the science of magnesium, please.
0: Yeah. So basically, I mean, you know, I make a living, you know, writing about health and wellness, um, and I have a science background. And magnesium was just one of those things that, you know, kept coming up over and over and again. And, you know, all of the sort of alternative medicine doctors I would interview would say it's so important. And then all of sort of even the conventional medicine doctors Hmm. We're using it for things like headaches and, and, and you know, other illnesses. So it was just something that really fascinated me. Um, and then when I started diving into it a little bit more, I realized it was especially applicable to sort of all of the chronic ailments we're suffering from. You know, our food is a little bit less nutritious than it used to be, and we're a little bit more stressed than we used to be, and we sit more than we used to be. Sure. So I just found it like, you know, fascinating. Yeah, I did too. It's (laughs) applicable to my life and everyone that I know.
1: Yeah, for sure. So how do I know if I'm deficient? Does one uh, take magnesium no matter what? Do you absorb it all through food? What's the best way to determine if we should take, consume, or embrace magnesium per se?
0: Yeah, so it's kind of a tricky question because you can't, it's very sort of difficult to Test for a magnesium deficiency. Like okay. if you have a vitamin D deficiency, you get a blood test and it's sort of cut and dried. Magnesium's is a little bit trickier, but it's not too tricky because most health experts that I interviewed said that, you know, most of us can benefit from a little bit of extra magnesium. Okay. In an ideal world, we'd be eating tons of leafy greens and nuts and seeds and all these foods that are rich in magnesium. But oh. the reality is that Most of us are not eating enough of those foods. Mm -hmm. Even if we are eating those foods, they're less, you know, the the magnesium content in them is less than it used to be. And then there's this added factor that, you know, a lot of medications and, you know, things like that can deplete our body's magnesium levels or prevent us from absorbing it in the first place. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like this perfect storm that's created, you know, this vulnerability in human for magnesium deficiency. So I think it's like a great thing
1: to try. I, I agree from not only your pros, but from understanding better, as you're saying that it can't hurt. So if we were looking at, if I go to the food place, Gretchen immediately, Uh, if we're looking at magnesium rich foods, we can all benefit from the nutrient very easily. Mm -hmm. Uh, Name those we should be choosing, please.
0: Um, Some really good ones are leafy greens, Mm -hmm. uh, salmon, nuts and seeds, like hemp seeds, chia seeds, um, pumpkin seeds, which are one of my favorites in the book. I have like a pumpkin seed milk. Yes, it looks good.
1: Yes. Um,
0: yeah, so, I mean, luckily, also chocolate, huge win. Thanks, thankful, thankful. Making magnesium-rich recipes so much easier <laughs> and more fun. Um, I was so happy to hear about that one.
1: Yes, me um, too.
0: But, yeah, a lot of really healthy foods, like um, yogurt, has, you know, quite a bit of magnesium. Um,
1: Good source. So, yeah,
0: yeah, there are a lot to choose from, and they're really diverse, and you can eat them in a lot
1: of different ways. You mentioned that you take it at night, which I think – is very important to note because that leads yeah. me to ask you there are numerous health benefits, specifically stress reduction and better sleep. And I had no idea. So you're taking it at night for a reason. Highlight some of its best benefits, please.
0: Magnesium sort of has a hand in so many different things, but one of the great ones is, you know, muscle relaxation to calming down at the end of the day and getting to sleep. Um, and that's how I discovered magnesium. I started taking Epsom salt baths, which is really my favorite way to take magnesium. I have a lot of favorite ways, but that's probably going to come in at number one.
1: Um, the book was was really interesting to me, and I loved learning more. And I think there are, are no doubt from uh, your research and your work, uh, so many benefits to being knowledgeable about magnesium. As Gretchen Litaker proves Almost everyone can benefit, not only for your health, but for relaxation, anti-anxiety, quality of sleep from magnesium in your life. Recipes and ideas to bring magnesium front and center are featured in Magnesium Everyday Secrets, available on Amazon and beyond. And you can discover more at Gretchen Lideker dot com. Gretchen, I'm following you as well at gretchen.amanda. Um, and so I will be looking for uh, new applications, ever growing. And I thank you for sharing your passion. Uh, really fascinating stuff. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And so that brings us to the end of another hour of stimulating culinary conversation, but don't go yet because they're is more fabulous food in your radio before this hour ends. It's my last bite, as I call it, my last ounce or tidbit of gastronomic inspiration. Now, I don't know about you, but I dished on pizza at the beginning of the hour, sharing all of my indulgences, um, many of my nights at home with the baby and with uh, a little bit of ice cream. I do find it comforting. And so this past week I brought back an old recipe because I was craving it and now I just can't get enough. You know that chocolate crusty shell that you love on ice cream, like at your favorite soft serve ice cream place, the dip they call it. Well, yes, originally it was titled magic shell, and I don't even know if it's still available in the bottle. I think it is, but I much prefer to make it myself. So this two ingredient recipe for homemade chocolate magic shell is the ice cream topping that cold ice cream craves and is very simply chocolate chips or good quality chopped chocolate and coconut oil. And I will share the measurements and the method on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at chef Jamie Gwen. So we can all sit down to a bowl of ice cream together until we meet again. I'll see you live on Facebook and Instagram this week for our cook alongs and chats. And uh, again, please keep those around you safe, stay well, and keep cooking. I thank you for listening. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off and I hope you continue to eat well.